Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. One day, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you, where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself, and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there, until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant girl, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness is greater than that which you have showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask, and all my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but he got up before anyone and could be recognized, and he said, Don't let it be known that a woman came to be the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for this man will not rest until the matter is settled today. This little dog fur, it's in a good spot but it's only been here for a few minutes. It's not fully at rest yet. This one, on the other hand, this dug fur has found rest. 
it's solid, it's growing, it's in a good spot, and it's been here for a while. It's healthy and has a great future ahead of it. And that's what Naomi wants for Ruth. Not just to survive, but thrive. Not just exist, but live. Naomi wants for Ruth what God promises to his people. Rest fully, completely. To settle in, to be comfortable, to do well. That said, in wanting to arrange a good life for Ruth, Naomi resorts to a little scheming, as do we all from time to time. I mean, we can probably think of times where we wanted a friend to see things a certain way, so we forwarded them one email instead of both of them. Or we had a little issue at work, and of course, our way of solving it is the best one, so we, um, constructed a little scenario and managed upward, we've all schemed, as Naomi does here. The growing darkness of the late afternoon is, is no accident as we begin chapter three. The author of Ruth is a master storyteller. There's lots of innuendo in the lengthening shadows of the day, and, and make no mistake, Naomi is asking Ruth to put herself into a compromising situation alone with a man in the dark in a conservative traditional culture. And it's putting Boaz into a compromising situation, but Ruth is more at risk. After all, if there is a Me Too moment here, who's going to believe Ruth, the immigrant, against Boaz, the pillar of society? And Ruth's the one who's going to spend the night at Boaz's place. No, 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 this... Naomi is taking lots of risks with Ruth in setting up this situation. So now it's nighttime and Ruth does mostly what Naomi has suggested that she should do. She goes to the threshing floor where the after the grain has dried for some six or eight weeks, it's ready to be stored. Boaz is sleeping next to the pile of grain, along with, no doubt, some of the other workers arranged nearby to protect it from thievery. Ruth goes and quietly uncovers his feet so that he will get cold and wake up in the middle of the night. He does. He wakes up, says, who are you? And here's where Ruth does differently than Naomi had told her to do. Naomi had told her to wait for Boaz to make the first move, but here Ruth takes the initiative. And essentially what she says is, marry me. Using language Boaz had spoken about over her, that Yahweh, God, was would spread his wings over her. Now she asks, Boaz to spread his wings over her. Essentially, marry me. Because you have the legal right to do this, marry me. And Boaz responds. This story will have a happy ending. We'll talk more about this other man and the obstacle that he presents next week. But notice why Boaz essentially agrees to pursue marriage to Ruth because he recognizes her as a worthy woman. This word worthy was used of Boaz when he was first introduced. And you can get the sense when someone is introduced with this word, it's because they're, they're wealthy as well as well-respected. But notice that Ruth has not a shred of wealth to her whatsoever. 
it's going to cost Boaz to redeem her. He's going to have to purchase the land to redeem Ruth. He is going to sacrifice something to redeem her and provide for her. But notice why he does this. Because he recognizes that this kindness to me, Boaz says, is actually her second kindness. Boaz recognizes that this whole thing that Ruth is doing is Ruth's commitment to Naomi her kindness, her loyal, loving kindness to her mother-in-law propels her to ask Boaz to provide for them both. The first light of dawn finds Ruth with 80 pounds of grain on her back. Boaz is no dummy. He tells her, you know, you shouldn't return back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. He's well aware that Naomi must have been part of the scheming in this whole thing. Boaz's words here offer us a, a window into what we can take from this story, how we can grow in hearing and, and staying with this. Because in effect, what Boaz is saying to Naomi in this gift, this abundant, generous gift, on top of his promise to Ruth, is in effect, Naomi. Don't you understand? You don't have to scheme and manipulate and arrange things to get your way. You can trust the Lord to provide. He's faithful. He's good. He's kind. Naomi, you can rest. And so can we. Because it's not just Naomi who seeks rest, who wants to just be rooted in and settled in and secure and thriving and growing. And it's not just Naomi who wants that for Ruth. We, we all want that. And it's not just Naomi who thinks that she has to scheme or manipulate or sort of work things out so God will provide. It's, we all think that. If I just pray a little bit more or get a little more into scripture or I'm going to be a really good boy, like a couple of months before Christmas for Santa Claus, then somehow God will come through for us. But friends, it's his loyal kindness. It's his kindness and his love and his covenantal commitment to any of us who simply say, Lord Jesus, I am yours. That's what gives us rest. As another pastor put it, a man named David Strain, Hardship and sorrow and pain and loss will come to every one of us. But emptiness is not what needs to characterize our hearts because we have a Redeemer who is far more powerful and wealthy and capable than Boaz. We have a Redeemer who is far more kind and generous than Boaz. We have a Redeemer who is far more sacrificial in his redemption of us. We have a Redeemer who has sacrificed not just a few dollars to, to buy some land and to you know, follow these legal regulations about taking care of relatives. We have a Redeemer who sacrificed himself for every single one of us who, again, simply come and say, Lord Jesus, I am utterly poor. I've got nothing. I've got nothing, but please make me your own.
and make me part of your people. And to anyone who comes and simply says that, gives themselves to Jesus, he includes and welcomes and covenantally commits eternally. For myself, my experience of coming to Jesus was uh, pretty much 100% that God was taking the initiative with me, and that's a different story. Uh, for some of you, your experience right now is it feels like it's 100% on you to claw and find your way and look for God. But friends, whatever it feels like, the truth is both. You have a Redeemer who's committed to you, to including you, and at any point welcomes you when you simply come to him and say, spread your wings over me, commit to me, make me your own. And in him and only in him, but fully in him, we find our rest and rootedness and repose, whatever the storm may be around us. Like Jesus himself, we can rest. May this be your experience this week. Amen.